magandang gabi sa ating viewers. Ako po si Jay, mula sa UPETC at narito po tayo sa ating unang season, ang hashtag Pandemic Economics, kung saan tatalakayin natin ang epekto ng pandemya sa ekonomiya ng bansa. The era of new normal sa COVID-19, kinailangan nating baguhin ang karaniwan nating mga ginagawa para makaiwas sa face-to-face interactions. Nagpatupad ng social distancing measures ang ating gobyerno para hindi na lumala ang pagkalat ng virus. Tulad ng lockdown sa ilang bahagi ng bansa sa loob ng ilang buwan at iba-ibang pagtanggap at pagsunod ng mga tao sa social distancing. Ngayong unang episode ng Economics Towards Consciousness TV, pag-uusapan natin ang isang paksang talagang napapanahon ngayong pandemya ang halaga ng social distancing at ang epekto nito sa kabuhayan at kalagayang pang ekonomiya ng mga Pilipino. Para mas maintindihan ang epekto ng topic natin ngayon sa ating ekonomiya at sa mga ordinaryong Pilipino, mapalad tayong makasama ngayon ang isang alumnus at former UPETC President na si Sir Justin Nguyen, Teaching Environmental Economics in USD and Public Administration at CIPAD. Narito siya para bahagi ang kanyang kaalaman sa usaping ito. Magandang araw po, Sir Justin. Um, hello, everyone. Alam nating lahat na talagang pambihirang pangyayari ang COVID-19 pandemic. Sinasabi ng mga ekonomista na hindi lang ito naging health issue, kundi economic issue rin. Pwede po ba kayong magbigay ng ilang halimbawa na naging epekto ng virus sa ekonomiya ng basa, lalo na sa buhay ng karaniwang Pilipino? Tulad ng pagbabago sa GDP natin, and sa pagbabago sa unemployment rate. Specifically, I remember nung uh, June, July, umabot ng 40, around 40% yung unemployment rate ng bansa. Pero humupa naman po siya ngayong sumunod na mga ban. Pero bakit umabot ng ganun kalala ang sitwasyon ng ekonomiya natin? Siguro to answer your question, um, pwede nating balikan yung sa mga unang tinuturo sa Economics 11, which is yung um, circular flow model of the economy. No? Um, kung saan merong households and firms, and then meron tayong goods and services markets and factor markets. So, normally, sa isang ekonomiya, um, tayo, o yung mga households, dinadaan natin sa factor markets yung ating resources such as labor or yung oras natin para magtrabaho, um, yung pera natin na nilalagay natin sa banko, and if meron tayong mga lupa na ginagamit natin for productive uses. And then, on the other end naman, we have firms or yung mga negosyo na gumagamit nung labor, nung lupa at saka ng kapital para mag-produce ng goods and services na pinipili rin naman ng household kasi yun yung kailangan natin sa pamumuhay natin sa araw-araw. So, mula dun sa short explanation na yun, makikita natin na para patuloy na umandar yung ekonomiya, kailangan umiikot lang yung pera mula sa households papunta sa firm at dadaan yun sa factor markets and then maggagawa ng goods and services yung firms na idadaan through the goods and services market 
And then, bibilhin naman yun ng mga households gamit yung pera na kinita nila from working. Ngayon, ano ba yung um, naging epekto nito sa, nung pandemic sa atin? Lalo sa ekonomiya natin. Ang pinaka-kilalang ginawa ng government nung to, to contain the spread of the virus para pigilan yung pagkalat ng virus is magpatupad ng quarantine measure. And sa pagpapatupad niya ng quarantine measure, maraming mga negosyo ang pansamantalang nagtara, maraming mga tao ang pansamantalang hindi makapasok sa trabaho kasi tinigil din yung public transportation. And from mula doon pa lang, makikita na natin na mat, ma, matitigil yung pag-ikot ng pera sa ekonomiya natin. So, actually, ang susi lang naman para sa isang lively at patuloy na lumalagong ekonomiya is kailangan umiikot lang yung pera. Kaya ang pinakaunang tinuturo lagi sa, sa Economics 11 is yung circular flow of the economy. Kasi once matigil yung flow, magkaroon ng bottleneck or magkaroon ng um, uh, mga events na magpapatigil ng flow na yun. Uh, babangsak talaga yung economy. Nakita natin yon nung past two quarters. Um, yung first quarter report ng GDP at saka yung second quarter report ng GDP. And habang pinapatupad yung quarantine na banggit nga ni Jay na nag-result naman ito dun sa unemployment na according dun sa isang SWS survey Um, up to almost 40 to 45 percent ng respondents ang nagsabi na nawalan sila ng trabaho during the time na nagpapatupad ng quarantine. I think yung survey period nila was first week of July. So we were right in the middle of quarantine at hindi pa nagsisimulang mag-ease down yung restrictions sa quarantine natin. Sa ulat naman ng PSA or Philippine Statistics Authority, um, I think umabot siya sa more than 15% um, dun sa April Labor Force Survey. I have um, 15 to 17, hindi ko maalaling exact number. And then dun sa last survey which was done um, nitong July, bumaba na siya to 10%. Which is expected naman kasi nakita naman natin na unti-unti nang nag-ease up yung restrictions and binubuksan na uli yung mga ibang businesses na pansamantalang nagsara. Now, siguro tatanungin is magkaka-recover ba tayo? Well, yun yung kailangan nating makita. Kasi yung mga nagsarang businesses, yung iba pansamantala lang. Pero meron ding sizable portion na permanently nagsara na. Or Um, for the foreseeable future, um, sarado sila. And hindi pa sila makapagbigay ng timeline kung kailan sila makakabalik. Anong mga industriya to? Um, normally, ito yung mga related to tourism and um, accommodation services such as yung mga restaurants, hotels. Then, yung mga other services like um, gyms. at uh, saka yung mga iba pang businesses that rely on face-to-face contact para mapatakbo nila yung negosyo nila. 
in economic terms, parang uh, in parang the study of economics or uh, on the terms that uh, that are used as measures of uh, of the situation during the pandemic. So how well are we doing? Parang kasi di ba nagkaroon ng parang recession since mga nasa 16.5 percent I think yung yung pagbaba ng GDP this quarter. So do you think uh, parang malak manasa malayu basa malayu pa tayong position to recover or uh, we can parang kaya naman natin siya na mat matugunan um, personally I I don't estimate yung ganon um, it's not within my capacity but what I can say is we use GDP or yung gross domestic product as the measure for our economic output. And um, so meron siyang value in terms of Philippine pesos which is yung tinatawag nating um, nominal GDP and real GDP. And then based on the movement nung nominal GDP and real GDP, we come up with growth figures. So, what was reported sa news was yung 16.5% decline. Meaning, um, to give an example lang, if our GDP before the pandemic, let's just imagine it's 100 pesos, diba? a 16.5% decline would mean na um, as of March, 2020, which is yung last figures natin, um, the GDP natin on record went down by 16.5%. So, that's 83.5 na lang siya from 100. Now, imagine from 83.5, even if we were to grow by 16.5% again, diba? it's not going to equal to 100 Kasi 16.5% of 83.5 is less than 16.5. Um, I think that's, that will only be around ano lang yun, mga 90-something lang yun. So, it will take more than 16.5% growth in the next quarter for us to recover. And I'm sure na this coming June, yung, I mean yung figures for this coming June, we would likely see a decline ole. Kasi remember that the comparison in gross domestic product is based on a year before. So, yung 16.5% ng first quarter of um, 2020 is 16.5% less compared to first quarter of 2019. And we had a good year in 2019. So, we can expect na all the figures for this year will probably be a negative. And for us to be able to reach yung level natin, let's say 2019 level, it will probably take a few quarters of continuous growth for that to happen. Um, how long it would take, it's hard to tell kung gaano siya ka um, but 
GDP is only just one measure naman of our economic performance. Ang isang dapat mas tinututukan natin ng pansin in economics is yung distributional effects of our economic growth. So, if you would remember, um, basic definition ng economics is the allocation of resources. So, really, we shouldn't only be focused on growth, but we should also focus on how whatever we have is distributed. And based on that distribution kasi, can we judge if groups of people are living a good life? So, for example, if even if we have super high growth, pero the distribution is skewed towards those who are already rich, then no amount of growth will impact the lives of the rest of the population positively. Diba? So, right now, medyo wala na tayong magagawa sa growth numbers. I mean, it's not going to be what we expected it pre-pandemic. But there are still a lot of things that we can do so that the quality of life naman of Filipinos will not suffer as much. Ayan, may question ako regarding sa ano. Diba, since yung physical, um, yung mostly naman ng mostly ng work na nawala is yung sa physical, yung mga face-to-face like sa performance arts, ganun. And nagkaroon din ng, I think nagkaroon ng boom ng, sa online business this pandemic. Parang in terms of ano, sa GDP, paano nagtatranslate yon Like, is it malaki ba yung effect niya? Parang malaki ba yung matutulong niya to at least compensate a little part nung ano, nung nawala dahil sa physical. I know, maybe mahirap i- estimate yung ano. Actually, you're, you're correct, no? Mahirap talaga siya i-estimate. Kasi, if we remember, how the GDP is estimated is through surveys. So, yung PSA, which is the Philippine Statistics Authority, meron yung data bank of firms from different industries that they regularly send surveys to. And then yung responses ng mga firms na yon sa surveys will be the basis, will be will form yung basis ng estimates nila. Kasi it's impossible naman to to ask every single business, diba, to submit their performance in the last quarter. And it's going to take a very long time para makonsolidate that. Now, as to kung kasama ba yung online businesses dun sa survey na ginagawa ng PSA, I think hindi. So, I am not sure how they are going to capture it. Meron silang mga statistical techniques na gagamitin to approximate for that. But how well they would capture it is questionable. Um, not because they can't do it, but because when we estimate GDP, there are certain protocols kasi that you follow. You can't just change how you estimate GDP if you think of something new. Kasi otherwise, it will not be comparable across time periods. So it, it takes some time for changes in the methodology of estimating GDP to take place. And it has to go through rigorous study. Um, so in terms of GDP, it would probably 
be reflected, pero not as an online business. For example, if you were an online business and then you purchased goods that you use as input for your online business, say, nagluto ka ng pizza, and then yun yung online business mo, pizza, the materials that you use to cook pizza, you probably get it from supermarkets. Yung supermarkets, most of the major ones naman, I think, are covered by the survey. So, it would be reflected as economic activity a part ng supermarkets. But it won't be correctly reflected as um, something na online business. So, it would still appear somehow sa GDP natin. But, as to yung accuracy niya or kung, kung completely captured ba siya, mahirap sabihin. Kasi you could also get your inputs from yung mga non-traditional sources. Let's say, some online seller din yung kinuhaan mo. Diba? Na nag-start ng sarili niyang um, ingredients manufacturing gig. Diba? Let's say, um, you have a uh, pizza maker who gets vegetables from someone who started growing vegetables sa likod lang ng bahay niya. Or sa isang land niya na hindi niya ginagamit dati. Diba? Those kinds of things will be hard to capture sa formal survey. Marami pa kaming pinag-usapan ni Sir Justin tungkol sa pandemic economics. Abangan nyo ang susunod na episode dito lang sa ABC-TV.